When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, you laughed with him when he played the Marine in the movie Wake Island. And now you're laughing at him in his newest picture, Abroad with Two Yanks. He's Hollywood's magnificent mug. Who's a mug? Why, when I was only six, the teacher said I had the brain of a ten-year-old child. And I still got it. (laughs) The American Meat Institute presents William Bendix in The Life of Riley. The meat people of America, providing a great food for a great nation. Did you know that if all the meat animals handled by America's meatpacking plants in 1944 were loaded into freight cars, they would fill a train more than 18,000 miles long, long enough to reach from New York to Tokyo and back again. That's a lot of meat and a lot of good eating for our fighting forces and you, America. And now, on behalf of all those engaged in supplying meat to the nation, the American Meat Institute presents The Life of Riley. Of course, Chester A. Riley is only one of the thousands of war workers employed by the Stevenson Aircraft Plant, but... Ever since he straightened out the boss's son, Roswell, by a long overdue spanking, Riley has enjoyed a unique place in the boss's esteem. At the moment, Riley is entering the reception room of the boss's office. Oh, hello, Mr. Riley. Did you want to see Mr. Stevenson? Oh, yeah. The the boys on my shift are complaining about a loose nut on a ventilator fan. Makes so much noise, you can hardly hear yourself rivet. (laughs) Well, he's just talking to his wife on the phone, but I guess you can go in. Oh, well... From what I hear about his wife, he might be glad to be interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but listen, Petty. But listen, dear. But, Letitia, I'm busy now. Uh, Somebody just came into the office. Sit down, Riley. Oh, thanks, boss. Listen, dear. Something urgent has just come up. It is urgent, isn't it, Riley? No, no, I can wait. Uh, Riley says it's urgent, dear. (laughs) Of course I'm interested in Mimi's happiness. She's my daughter, too, isn't she? But what can I do? Now, listen, dear, that's going too far. I don't care what her husband did at lunch today. Well, what if he does put sugar on his lettuce? For sure. Sugar and vinegar, it's a great dish. Even without the lettuce. (laughs) Now, Petty, now suppose he did cut it with his knife. What else would he cut it with, a spoon? Uh, That's not enough to break up Mimi's marriage, Letitia. Oh, all right, dear, I'll talk to him tonight. Yes, I'll be home right away. Goodbye. Well, Riley, what is it? Uh, there's a nut loose that's making some trouble. It's not that bad, Riley. My wife's just high strung. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, the, 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 the nut I mean is on a ventilator fan. Uh, I, I'm sorry to bother you now. I, I can see your head's got other things on your mind. Well, <laughs> listen, Riley, let me tell you the whole story. Two years ago, my daughter made a hasty wartime marriage. I've never even seen this boy, Joe, that Mimi married. 
She met him in a canteen back east. Knew him only two months. Then he was shipped out. They were married 15 minutes before they had to say goodbye. What a honeymoon. The bride... The bride and groom in separate places. That may be modern, but it'll never be popular. <laughs> well, now, Riley, now the boy's back. An honorable discharge. My wife met him for the first time today at lunch. Uh-huh. And she doesn't think he's the right man for Mimi. Well, there's more to being a good husband than how you partake of your grub. Riley, that's what I think. But I'm in a spot. You see, my daughter's on a train coming home from San Francisco. Doesn't even know she's going to see Joe yet. And my wife wants me to see him first and persuade him to, well, give Mimi up. No kidding. Yeah. And now that she's met him, well, she just can't see why our daughter ever married him. Uh, Mr. Stevenson, if nobody ever married nobody except somebody somebody else thought somebody ought to marry, nobody'd get married to nobody. (laughs) And where would their children be? (laughs) Riley, I wish you could meet this boy and size him up. You're a down-to-earth fellow. You see deeper than what a man's table manners are and... Say. Say what? Riley, why don't you have dinner at my house tonight? Meet this boy. And then we'll both decide what I ought to say to him. Me? Oh, no, thanks, boss. But Riley, I just want your opinion. But, boss, this is your daughter. You, you, you better leave me out of it. I don't want to be the godfather in no divorce case. <laughs> Uh, hello, Dumplin. Oh, Riley, where are you, dear? Well, I- I'm at the boss's house. I'm, I'm going to have dinner here. Really? Why? Well, I- I'll tell you when I get home. Listen, honey, you ought to see this joint. It's just like in the movies. Mm, my, I'll bet you have a lovely dinner. Yeah. I peeked in at the dining room table. You should see all the tools they give you to eat with. <laughs> Dr. Gillespie ain't got that many knives. <laughs> oh, quiet, dear. Someone will hear you. Oh, no, that's okay. Mr. Stevenson is upstairs talking to his wife. Well, kiss beds for me and shake hands with Junior. I'll try to handle things till you get back, dear. But Babs isn't here. Is she out again? You know I don't want her out after dark alone. But she's not alone. She's with that new boy who lives down the street. I've heard about that boy. I'd rather she was alone. (laughs) Peg, I don't like this about Babs running with new boys. Any boy she goes with, I want to talk to first. How do you, Mr. Stevenson? My name is Joe Bean. No, I'm Bascom the butler. This way, Mr. Bean. Mr. Stevenson asked that you go directly into the drawing room. He's been expecting you. you. Go down this hall and turn left. So like I say, honey, no daughter of mine is going to get mixed up with no nobody. Yes, dear, don't get so excited. Well, a father can't be too careful. Think of who you might have married if you hadn't married me. <laughs> yes, dear. Well, okay, Dumplin, I'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye, dear. Uh, oh, uh, good evening, sir. Huh? Oh, good evening. Oh, butler said for me to come on into the drawing room. Well, you're in it. Yes, sir. I heard you talking on the telephone. Huh? I don't blame you for feeling the way you do about your daughter. Oh, you know her? Huh? Why, yes, sir. Like you said, maybe I am kind of a nobody. Well, I wouldn't jump over conclusions like that. You look okay to me. I do. You mean it's all right with you for us to be married? Married? You asking me to marry my daughter? Well, we are married. Didn't you know it? Married? You got the nerve to come... No, it ain't so. She she wouldn't get married until she told me. Not Babs. Babs? Her name's not Babs. 
I know my own girl's name. Yes, sir, but I know my own wife's name. I always call her Mimi. What right do you got to change Babs' name to Mimi? Jeff, uh, uh, wait a minute. Mimi, are you married to Mimi Stevenson? Well, yes, sir. I'm Joe Bean. Oh, <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> Babs is still single. <laughs> For a minute, I was on the way to being a grandfather. <laughs> Riley's my name. Uh, Mr. Stevenson will be right down. He'll be glad to see you, Joe. I'm not so sure about that. I've been thinking maybe I couldn't make Mimi as happy as I want her to be. Well, how do you know until you try? Oh, I sure would like to try. She's so fine. She's beautiful, too. For two years, ever since I shipped out, all I thought about was her. I even marked off the days on the side of my plane till I could be with her again. Well, now you're here. Yeah. Sure did get me a surprise when I met Mimi's mother. Well, yeah, that, that's one thing about marriage. Eventually, you run into your mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was raised on a ranch in Texas, and my folks is just good, hard-working people, and I never was in a house like this before in all of my life. <laughs> Neither was I. Did you ever see such thick rugs? The nap is so long, sometimes I can't find my feet. <laughs> the way these folks live. <laughs> Mamie never told me about having so much money, and I, I haven't got any. So what? Rich people get gout. Of course, I could support Mimi somehow, but not like her father did. Why, yes, Mrs. Stevenson gave you that idea, huh? Yes, she did. She said I ought to give Mimi a freedom before I spoiled her life. So I thought about it, and, well, I certainly wouldn't want to ruin Mimi's life. What's all this about ruining my daughter's life? Oh, uh, uh my name is Bean, sir. Joe Bean. Uh, uh well, <clears throat> my name's Stevenson. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, boss, meet your son-in-law. Uh, Joe, meet your wife's old man. I thought... Uh, 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 How are you? Pleasure. Uh, Joe here's been telling me he don't know about being able to make Mimi happy and... Oh, uh, indeed. Well, Bean, if you don't have confidence in yourself, perhaps Mimi's mother's right. Be best to call it off. Well, maybe. I sure do want Mimi to be happy. I'm so mixed up, I can't think. Boss, if you don't mind me yelling from the bleachers, it, it seems to me that Mimi ought to have a say in all this someplace. Riley, I guess you're right. Mimi just phoned. She'll be here in half an hour. Oh, well, okay. Now, I, I got something to say. Y you sit down, Mr. Stevenson. You too, Joe. And just remember, Joe, marriage is an old and honorable institution. And nobody's escaping from the institution till I'm through talking. <laughs> Well, just what story can Riley tell that could possibly keep Joe's very shaky marriage to Mimi from going on the rocks? Well, we'll find out in just a moment. In the meantime, this is Ken Niles carrying the ball for your meatpacking industry. This evening, the subject of my 60-second speech is Time. Time, the name of a news magazine. Time, the thing you can't turn back. Time is money. And time is rule one, page one of braising meat. Braising cuts of beef are point-free. They're lean and flavorsome. They're rich in proteins, but it takes time, T-I-M-E, to cook those glistening brown pieces of tender-eating meat. It takes time to bring out that golden gravy. It takes time to transform those braising cuts into pleasant pieces of tender-eating meat. So give them a break, ladies, by giving them time, and your family will be rewarded with something really extra special in meat-eating. The real value of longer braising time, however, is that it's under lower cooking heat where meat retains nearly all its high nutritional value. Slow and easy does it in braising meat. 
And lest you forget, those high-quality proteins of meat are in the braising cuts of beef, just as they are in all cuts of meat. Meat measures up to every protein need. That's why meat is a yardstick of protein foods. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Only a few seconds have passed since we left Riley, his boss, Mr. Stevenson, and Joe Bean, the boss's new son-in-law, in the drawing room at the magnificent Stevenson home. Riley is about to launch into a story which he hopes will prevent the breakup of Joe Bean's marriage to Mr. Stevenson's daughter, Mimi. Well, fellas, this story I'm going to tell you is about love. And, strange enoughly, it's got a boy and girl in it, too. This all happened quite a while ago to a guy I know named, uh, named Riley. Riley? Why, that's your name. Yeah, uh, uh, ain't that a coincidence? <laughs> well, this fellow Riley was about 21, and he'd fell for this wonderful girl, see? He'd give her a whirlwind wound for three years and finally swept her off her feet. He thought his troubles was all over, but they was just starting. It's your trustsome, gruesome pal, Jelly Kelly. Well, good morrow, Mr. Kelly. Ah, don't give me that Mr. Treatment, Riley. Just because you're marrying into society. I go straight in a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Riley, I hope you don't go highbrow. There's an ugly rumor going around that your fiancé has been correcting your grandma on you. Oh, yeah, well, she ain't. I, I, I mean, she aren't. I... Hey, hey. Hey, Riley. What's the idea wearing a new suit on a weekday? Oh, well, well, this here suit is my trousseau. I'm breaking it in today for the wedding next week. How do I look, eh? Oh, you look great. Eh? But don't go past no undertaking, Paula, or they'll give you an estimate. <laughs> <laughs> Very chucklesome. Uh, got a date with your pain in the neck to be? Well, no, with, with her uncle, Quincy Turnbull. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I ain't never met him, but he, he writes me this here letter saying that he'd come all the way from Boston to have a chat with me. A what? A chat. I guess in Boston, people don't talk to each other. They just chat. <laughs> uh, uh, where are you going to chatter with him? Well, he said to meet him at 4 o'clock at the Hotel Royal for tea. Riley, you're drinking tea? Well, oh, we lost you completely. <laughs> Mr. Riley, as Margaret's uncle on the maternal side, our branch of the family insisted that I interview her fiancé before it was too late. <laughs> Would you care for some more tea and crumpets, young man? Uh, no thanks, Mr. Turnbull. I'm full up. I, I drank so much tea I can feel them trumpets I ate floating around. <laughs> crumpets, young man. Oh, yeah, excuse me, I ain't used to this fancy society stuff. I can see that. <laughs> now, uh, as to your financial status, Riley, my niece has been distressingly vague as to your business. Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of sort of in a, in, a, in a trucking business. Oh, the trucking business. <laughs> well, that's an expanding field. Are you alone in this venture? Oh, no, sir. I, I got two horses to help me. <laughs> horses? 
You mean you drive a horse-drawn truck? That's right. I, I inherited the job from my father. <laughs> you might say I'm following in my father's hoof prints. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I trust that the material compensation for such a prosaic vocation is commensurately remunerative. Would you care for another shot of tea, Uncle Quincy? <laughs> I mean, how much money do you make? Oh, money? Well, I I'm doing okay. I, I take home 14 bucks a week per week each week. <laughs> 14 a week? Mm -hmm. And you consider that an adequate income to support the woman you love? And shall we say... Hope to marry? Well, wait a minute. Let, let's say the woman I'm going to marry and hope to love. <laughs> oh, my poor niece. Riley, it's a mistake. Let's face it. But I'm, I'm crazy about her, and she... Well, she, she likes me, too. Or she, she wouldn't be marrying me. But, my rash young man, how can you support a family on $14 a week? Well, it's true. I'm, I'm only making 14 now, but... But we love each other, and I'll work hard for Peg. I'm, I'm ambitious. But ambition isn't enough to bridge the gulf between you and my niece. You're from different worlds. Your manners, your clothes, your speech, your poverty. Well, but I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen, ain't I? <laughs> think, Riley. Think hard. Is what you're doing fair to her? No. Leave me answer my own answers. <laughs> you you think it ain't fair to marry Peg unless I make more money? I see her in poverty. Too proud to ask her own people for help. I see her wincing at your sordid home. Wearing her youth away in a vain fight to make ends meet. Losing her looks. Her spirits. Well, gosh, I... Wouldn't want to do that to Peg. It's not too late, Riley. Huh? You say you love her. Then why not do the decent thing? Go to her. Tell her you can't support her in style. Oh, she wouldn't believe me. No, she... no, she wouldn't believe you if she thought you still wanted to marry her. But suppose you went to her right now and told her you wanted to be free. Huh? Listen, my boy. Remember, this is for her sake. Now, I have a plan. So, Peg, I've been doing something i never done before. I've been thinking. Oh. <laughs> Have you, dear? What about? Well, about us, Peg. I've I got to face the facts in the face. I... Riley, I, did your meeting with my Uncle Quincy start this, this thinking? Oh, no, no, honest. Listen, darling, I, I mean, Peg, here I am, a happy fella. Oh, you don't look very happy. It's your wedding tomorrow, not your funeral. Here I am, a, a happy fella with no worries and a, and a cool 14 bucks a week, all my own, outright. Oh, <laughs> I see. And, and, and that ain't all, I... I'm just a big mug, honey. I, 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 I ain't the marrying kind, I guess. Now, I, I come to ask you to, to... I can't say it, Peg, but you understand? Yes, I think I do. 
Riley, can you look me in the eye and tell me you don't love me? No, you can't. Nobody lets me answer my own answers. <laughs> You're not fooling me, Chester Riley. I've heard my uncle talk before. The big bluff. Well, gosh, he, he could be right, Peg. I, I don't want you getting old and tired washing and cooking and darning my socks on a hot stove. <laughs> All right, Chester. If, if this is goodbye, I, I can't hold you. Well... Could I, could I kiss you before I go, Peg? Well, just once before you go. Peg. Peg, I... Goodbye, Peg. Chester. Yeah? Now let me kiss you goodbye. Peg. Darling. <laughs> Goodbye, darling. Maybe you're being too hasty about this. <laughs> you, you don't want to call it off? I, I never did, and, and you know it. But, but money, I, I ain't got any. In... Oh, money. Wait just a minute. Uh, here, take this. What's this for? It's my investment in you. To show you that I believe in you and want you. Give this two dollars to the preacher tomorrow. Huh? Oh. Oh, no. No, nothing doing. Married people are partners. You ain't paying my way. Here, here's a dollar back. Here they come. Yeah, let me do those shoes. I'm the bride's up. Yeah, well, I'll show the bride. Doug Dublin, and we'll wind up at a rice pudding. <laughs> Who hit my head with a hollow shoe? <laughs> well, Mr. Riley, how do you feel? Fine, Mrs. Riley. Enjoying your honeymoon? Oh, I've never been so happy. Oh, look down what? there, water. A fortune teller said I'd marry and take a journey over water. Well, it come true. We're journeying over the East River. <laughs> over the Brooklyn Bridge. Darling, you kept it such a secret, but where are we going on, on our honeymoon? Sweetheart, as far from Brooklyn as my money will take us. We're going to Manhattan. <laughs> Boarding houses have steep stairs like these? Yeah, but, but not as steep as these. <laughs> That's the first time I ever climbed a ladder with a carpet on it. <laughs> uh, here's the door to, to our bridal suite. Only it's just one room. Number 13. <laughs> our first home. Yeah. Let me open the door, dear. dark in there. Well, yeah, well, you, you stay here. I'll, I'll go over and pull up the window shade. It's darker with the shade up. <laughs> I, 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 it'll look better when I like to guess. There. It, it's lovely, dear. I'm afraid it ain't much like your, your old room at home. Oh, it, 
doesn't matter, dear. Now we're married, you'll get ahead, and soon you'll get a raise, and then you'll... Sure I will, but it may take a little time. You see, when I, when I told my boss I wanted the day off to get married, I, I got fired. <laughs> fired? Yeah. Ain't that ironical? <laughs> well, never mind, dear. We're married now. We have each other and roof over our head. Yeah. Yeah, we, we couldn't start no poorer, so we gotta get richer. <laughs> oh, you bet we will. Well, let's go into our, our room. Our room. Gosh, Peg. Pick me up, dear, and carry me over the threshold. Are you that tired, darling? <laughs> oh, no, it's luck, dear, to carry the bride over the threshold of a new home. Oh, yeah. Well, here goes. Into our new life together. That's how it started, fellas. We started out in life with a nest egg of nothing. Oh, uh, so this rally was you? For sure, Joe. Me and my wife. We're still married, too. Well, what about a rich Uncle Quincy? Oh, Uncle Quincy? Oh, he's, he's doing fine. Every month I send him his allowance. Five bucks and six tea bags. <laughs> Riley? Riley, I'm glad you told us your story. You see, Joe, my boy, it's the kind of thing that happens here. A real epic of America. The Rileys are living happily ever after. You and me? Well, you're no poorer than Riley was, huh? No, sir. I'll take a chance. It, it all depends on Mimi. We haven't seen each other for two years, and maybe... Maybe she won't want me anymore, and this... Where is he? Oh, where is he? Joe, Joe! Mimi! Gosh, oh, come here, will you? Oh, Joe, darling, darling, darling. Hey, Mr. Stevenson. Huh? They're going to get along okay. Huh? If I know the signs, them two are starting another optic of America. <laughs> Come on, let's scram. Scram? Uh, what for? Don't you ever go to the movies, boss? Whoa. You ought to know when a boy and girl go into a clinch like that when it's time to leave. Come on. The Rileys will be right back. And now, for another moment, it's Ken Niles on the subject of breakfast. You know, when Mrs. Niles sets out a real morning meal, I feel as though I could lick ten wildcats and my radio job with one hand tied behind my back. And by good breakfast, I mean meat in the morning, bacon, ham, or sausage. And I know there's plenty of reason for that feeling. Bacon, ham, and sausage are all fine ways to get morning energy. And the meaty lean is a source of highest type protein. Everybody needs those proteins. And meat is the most satisfying way to get exactly the right kind for every bodily protein requirement. Yes, meat is a yardstick of protein foods because meat measures up to every protein need. And may we add, all nutritional statements about meat on this program are accepted by the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association. <laughs> Yeah, Dumplin', I, I done it by telling them about us. Oh, Riley. All about how poor we were. Well, I dressed it up a little so it wouldn't be too grim. 
I, I didn't tell him my wedding suit was rented. <laughs> and the guy I rented it from followed us on our honeymoon to watch his property. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Anyhow, later in the evening when Mrs. Stevenson saw the way them kids looked at each other, she, she kind of defrosted her heart. I'm sure those kids are going to be okay. Oh, bless their hearts. I hope they'll be as happy as, as we've been. Well, they can't expect that. After all, the bride ain't as pretty as you are, Peg, and the groom ain't as romantic as me. <laughs> the Life of Riley, starring William Bendix and sponsored by the American Meat Institute, will be back next week at the same time. William Bendix appears on this program by arrangement with Hal Roach. The part of Joe Beam is played by Barton Yarborough. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Kozloff and came to you from Hollywood. Ken Nile saying, see you next week. This is the Blue Network. 7.30 KECA Los Angeles. Transcribed.